It is day five, and we got a great show for you guys today. So my name is Brian, and this is my podcast called Basket Bros. And today we're going to be talking about Carmelo Anthony's comments on time in OKC. We got super teams in the NBA, and what do I think about them? And then we're going to finish off the show with my NBA power rankings and who will be my number 23 team. You want to get in the show? Let's get into the show. So... Up first, we got the Carmelo Anthony comments on his time in OKC. I've been waiting for this for so long because we really haven't had an explanation for why Carmelo sucked in OKC other than he sucks as a player now. And, okay, I can agree that he has gotten worse. He has digressed since New York, and he's just gone down from the last two years in New York, even in this year in OKC, and... I can't see him just jumping up and being a great player averaging 25 points a game again. But he can't be as sucky as he was last year. So let's hear what Melo has to say about his time in OKC. So here's what it is. It's quotation. At the end of the day, OKC wasn't a good fit. I think last year, and I haven't talked about this before, but everything was just so rushed. Going into the media day, Everyone already had something in place, and I had to come along at the 25th hour like, oh shit, Melo just came on and joined us. Like, you can figure it out since you've been around the game for so long. And then, quotation. Then a new quote pops up, quotation. That is why it was so inconsistent. At times, I had to figure out on my own rather than someone helping me over there or people over there helping me. So, here Melo is basically saying that he was not given a role in OKC by the coach or by the players or by the ownership. He kind of walked in there not knowing what he was going to do. He didn't know if he was going to be the second option. He didn't know if he was going to be second and Paul George would be third, even though that would be delirious. But NBA players think that they're better than everyone else in the league. He probably thinks he's better than Russell Westbrook. And I don't blame him for that. But he's coming into the, this team saying he's the number one option. That's why you see him asking for isolation. That's why you see him posting up and taking post fadeaways and bricking it off the backboard. He still thinks he's prime Carmelo Anthony. And I really don't blame him for that. Because what do you want the guy to do? Walk out there and say, I can't play this fucking game anymore. I'm going to just play like shit like I should. No, you don't want to see that player do that. You want to see him try to be as great of a player as he can be. So, Melo, as we all know, he got a lot worse from his time in New York to OKC. He went from averaging 22 points a game to a career-worst 16.2 points per game. He also averaged the worst assist per game at 1.8, as his most recent worst was his rookie year at 2.6. He also had his worst shooting career, worst shooting year of his career, shooting 40% from the field goal, and that was almost as bad as his rookie year. Rookie year, he shot 42%. Melo has never been a 50% shooter. We're not expecting him to make over 50% of his shots. He's not LeBron, but Melo... We see a huge decrease in all of his shooting stats, so something must be up. He didn't take less shots per game, 
that much less per shot. He only shot 3.2 less shots per game than he did in New York. And in New York, he was averaging six points per game more. So there's definitely a reason for this. He did not have a role on the team. In New York, he was the guy. He was the go-to scorer. He could do whatever he wanted. He comes to OKC. This is really the first time Melo had to take a step back for someone. Because even in his first year in Denver, it's not like Allen Iverson and Chauncey Billups and uh, J.R. Smith were taking shots away from Carmelo. Because he was averaging 21 points per game. He was the highest scorer on that team. And right when he came into the league, he was an alpha dog. He said, give me the ball. I'm going to make every shot that I take. And sometimes you like to see that in a player, Kobe. But now we're starting to see it, him get older, being less skilled. And, you know, it's hard for them to just change their whole mindset and take a step back to another man, another player and say, okay, this man is better than me. I'm going to let him do his thing, and I'll stand in the corner and shoot threes. That's why I don't see Melo working out in Houston. Because what do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's just going to change his mindset right off the bat because he's with James Harden and Chris Paul? I really don't think he's going to do it. I think we see a scoring decrease from last season. And it could work out. He could change his mind and want to come off the bench because as we know, he said he is not coming off the bench. Okay, but for this team to be great, he needs to come off the bench and lead that second unit. He can't go into the starting lineup and give offense to that starting lineup that already has James Harden and Chris Paul in the backcourt. You really can't. So... Carmelo Anthony needs to take a lesser role, come off the bench, and he really needs to just accept the fact that he is not all-star mellow anymore. Even in 2016-17, he was not an all-star type player. The only reason he got in was because of his name. The league had a choice to put in either him or Kristaps, and they knew that it would be better for the league if they put him in. Kristaps was more deserving of that, as he was more efficient and a better defensive player, and they gave it to Mel, because it's Carmelo Anthony. You, you have to make as much money as you can, and putting your big name brand players in there just helps your cause so much more. So Mello. I see what you're coming from. You didn't get a role. You came in. It was kind of rushed. Because the first day he came in, it was media day in OKC. It was media day. Imagine just getting off the plane and taking a picture in a new jersey. You're in a new city you've never really lived in ever. Other than when you were playing the Thunder. And it's just all new for him. And I can see why he needed some adjustments. Usually we see it happen during the end of the year. But Melo actually got worse over the course of the year. He actually got worse. We saw him actually averaging around 18, 19 points per game, shooting 46%. 
before the All-Star break. I mean, there was talks about the Thunder winning this trade, even with Oladipo. I mean, not the trade, obviously. That was with the Paul George trade. I missed him. But we're talking about the trade with the the Knicks. And now the Knicks look like the smartest team in the league because they took Carmelo, shipped him off, his $27.9 million. They don't have to worry about it. And who cares who they got back? Because they got Melo out of there and they could start their rebuild. And that's exactly what they wanted. So people were actually saying that the Thunder won that trade going into the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, everyone knew it was evident that the Knicks finessed the Thunder. Melo is a great player. I respect him. I respect his history of the game. But at some point, he's got to take that ego he has and shove it up his ass. Because that's the thing that's killing his NBA career and any team he plays for. Let's get into the second segment. So guys, tonight, I think I'm just going to skip... The Super Team segment, I think I'm going to talk about that more tomorrow. We're just going to get into my NBA Power Rankings today. Uh, I got to shorten it up because I got a long day tomorrow. I need to be up early, and I'm making this very late. So let's just get into my Power Rankings. And my number 23 team is the Miami Heat. Yes, a lot of you guys were expecting the Miami Heat to be a playoff team this year, but I do not expect that. I really don't. So... They really didn't add anyone this season, but they didn't lose anyone yet. As they still have Dwayne Wade thinking about signing with a Chinese team for $8 million a year. As the Heat can only offer him $5.3 million. That is a real possibility of Dwayne Wade leaving the NBA. It's a real possibility. And it's a really big deal for the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade carried that second unit at the end of the year. And that second unit was a big part in getting them into the playoffs in the first place. Dwayne Wade is a very big part of that team. Even though he is older, he is not a starter. He has accepted a backup role, unlike Melo. And he's carried that second unit to being decent enough for the Heat to function. Without Dwayne Wade, who's running that second unit? Really? Tyler Johnson? I mean... Who is that guy? Uh, Kelly Olynyk. Th- those guys are not carrying your second unit. You need an alpha dog score to carry your second unit. Dwayne Wade is that. They really need to retain him. They need to do whatever they can to keep him in Miami. I also am a fan of Goran Dragic. I think that their power ranking relies on him having the same season as he did last year. I think that he can have the same season he did last year. And even if he does, I think they stay if he has the same season he did last year. But if he does better than he did, averaging maybe 23, 24, maybe averaging 7, 8 assists, then we're talking about Goran Dragic as being one of the top point guards in the league. And we're talking about the Miami Heat being a higher seed in the East. The problem with this Miami Heat team, for me, is one player. 
and it's Hassan Whiteside. I think he just brings down that team so much. A lot of people are high on Hassan Whiteside. I think he should be an all-star. Okay, he puts up alright numbers that are stat-padded, of course. I mean, those rebounds, half of them he's not fighting for. Those blocks, he is he is doing so bad in the paint on his defensive rating that it is so noticeable. He is not a good defender, guys. You guys see the blocks because he is going up and trying to block every shot. He is like letting it go in the air just so he can block it. He is not even contesting the shot. He's just, all right, shoot it, and I'm going to block it. That's what he's thinking. And it's hurting his team. They didn't even play him in the playoffs. They started the rookie Bam Adebayo. And that's a that should be a wake-up call for Hassan. He needs to stretch his game to the perimeter and be able to shoot productively from the three-point line if you want to be successful in the NBA. Hassan Whiteside... I think is a waste of space in the paint. He clogs it. There is nowhere to drive for players to just be able to uh, drive and kick because he's in the way. I think that Miami Heat need to trade Hassan Whiteside, and if they do, they jump about five spots in my power rankings. That is how much of a problem Hassan Whiteside is for this team. If they trade him, I think they're playoff team if they actually get a good player for Hassan Whiteside you're talking about a higher seed in the east but Hassan Whiteside brings this team down I also am in love with Eric Spolstra I mean I think he should have won that coach of the year even though he didn't make the playoffs a couple years ago um he carried that horrible heat team to a massive massive win streak and I have admired him since he got the big three, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, to work. Those three alpha dog scorers to work. Something that we saw Billy Donovan not be able to do in OKC. Eric Spolstra is one of the most underrated coaches in this league and probably in history. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame when it is all said and done. I really think he should. If he continues to be as productive as he is for another 5-10 years, it's an automatic. But Eric Spolstra is one of my favorites, and I think he can take any team and really make it worth watching. So the Miami Heat are a wildcard team this year, but I really do not expect anything special. That is why they are my number 23 team, and that is going to wrap up the show for you guys tonight. I know it was a very short show. Um, I just got a long day tomorrow. We're going to have a longer show tomorrow. Don't worry. It'll be later, though, because I have work again, and I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Basket Bros Podcast, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.